Oh, praise the name of the Lord. God is so good, isn't He? Amen. I tell you, it's warm because it's hot outside. <laughs> Woo! I tell you what, that sure makes you not want to go to hell. <laughs> Amen. If, if there's a reason not to go, that's a good reason. Praise God. But you know, uh, the best reason is to let Jesus be Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, I was, uh, I've been studying this past few weeks, and uh, we started out a couple of services ago on, on the ministry of angels. And, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a subject he can't really exhaust because there's a lot of information that God wants us to have about his angels. I don't know about you, but in this time we're living in, we need to, we need to be aware of angels. We need to be aware that God's secret agents are on board with us. Amen? I, I, I know that there's a lot of people that's walking in fear. And uh, I, I don't, I'm not saying we shouldn't walk in caution. But I tell you what, don't let fear take over where caution is. Fear is a destroyer of your faith. Fear is going to, it'll destroy your confidence in God. It'll, 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 it'll just, I mean, I've talked to ministers and preachers and people and I'm telling you, fear is the main factor that we're having to deal with. Now, the coronavirus is a real thing. We're not doubting that. How many understand what I'm saying? Sickness is real. When, you, when the devil attacks your body, that's a real thing. Uh, it's a real thing. Uh, you know, we don't take it lightly. Praise God. We understand that uh, the devil's out to destroy, to kill, and to destroy, and to steal from us if he can. But you know one thing about it? I'm not going to let the events of this world shake my confidence in the Word. I'm not going to make preparations in my life for the, the worst scenario. Why should we walk in fear and prepare for the enemy to show himself strong? Now, mind you, we're, we're, going to, we're coming into the end of the end time. We really are coming into the end of the end times, and we're going to see some things happen. But right now, we have the power of prayer and that weapon of faith, and most of all, the sword of the Spirit that's still more powerful than anything the devil's got to throw our way. And I believe that we're going to, we can see the power of God move on our behalf. Now, when it comes time for the end, did you know all the praying in the world is not going to stop it? Amen. When I'm saying when it's the end, when God says it's over. Yeah, uh, there's no, no amount of prayer that's going to stop that from happening because God's got a timetable. But I don't think we as ministers or preachers, I'm talking to preachers and, and people that's uh, called of God. I don't think we should prepare for defeat. Do I hear an amen out there? <laughs> amen. I, I don't think we should prepare for defeat. Now, we should prepare for the future. And we should prepare for the inevitable. We should prepare for these things. But don't prepare for defeat. Glory to God. 
I tell you, when the saints of God were killed for their testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ, did you know what? They went out of this world with a shout, with victory, no pain, no, listen, they, they were burned at the stake, didn't have no pain. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Paul and Silas were put in jail, beaten. They were hurting. I'm sure they were hurting. But you know what? When God intervened and that there was a visitation of God in that place, earthquake came, I believe their pain subsided. I believe when they got out of there, I tell you, their mind went on their pain when they was witnessing to that jailer. And their, their mind wasn't on their pain when they were talking to the other prisoners. And they got people saved and born again right there on the spot. Hallelujah. So, whatever the devil's got to throw at us, he, he, it's still not his... We, we, that's not the end of the church. Praise God. I, they could come padlock our doors tomorrow, but it's not the end of the church. The church is still alive and well. Praise God. And I'll tell you what, until God... I'm not going to give them permission to do anything like that. <laughs> because I believe that we have the right to stand up and believe God. Amen? But I was, I've been studying about angels. Because did you know it's important to know that we're not in this world alone? We're not, we're not by ourselves. We're not alone. We're not in this thing to try to just trek through on our own strength and our own power. God is with us, number one. The presence of the Lord Himself is with us. The power of the Holy Ghost is in you, and that's exactly why Jesus... But, you know, He could have stayed here all of the rest of it. He had to leave, though. He had to go back to, the, to heaven itself. He had to go by the way of the cross and the, the death and the burial and the resurrection, take His blood to heaven. But He formed a church of those believers that they had the same power because Jesus kept telling them, you know... Whatever you bind is going to be bound. Whatever you loose is going to be loosed. And He's given us power and authority over all the powers of darkness. So victory's ours in Jesus' name. But you know, one of the weapons God's given us is angels. Now, I'm not one of these preachers that's going to get real fruity on you. You know, and go around talking to my angel, you know, here beside me, you know. Uh, y'all know what I'm talking about. I, I mean, I, I don't have to show off. I don't have to. I, I don't have to, to to act like you know that I'm more spiritual than anybody else. And my angels right here. Hey, buddy, how you doing today? You know. And uh, no, 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 no. Angels are evident in your life. <laughs> you don't have to show anything off. God's angels will manifest and do their job when it's necessary. And believe me, it's going to be necessary in these latter days for the angels of God to show up more often. But we're going to see it more and more and more. But look at a verse in Hebrews 1, verse 14, talking about the angels. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? Praise God. Are they not... Ministering spirits, the angels of God, sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation. Now, angels, as we learned, are created beings of God. They're created by God and for God. They worship and adore God. They're worshipers in heaven. I mean, listen, I tell you what, literally, there's trillions of angels. Literally. There's trillions of angels. 
Over in Revelation, it talks about the ten thousands and ten thousands and all of this and all the... Uh, we can't even begin to multiply and do that. But I've, I've heard of mathematicians that have done, done it. And there's literally trillions of angels. And the good the news is, only one-third of all those trillions of angels ended up siding with Lucifer. And only one-third of them were cast out of heaven. There's still two-thirds of the angels that are still alive and well. And besides, you know, listen, they're eternal beings, by the way. They don't die. They don't get old. They don't die. They don't fade away. They're there forever. Praise God. And they're as strong today as they were when they were first created. <laughs> but the angels are, are created by God. They worship and adore God. Uh, the Bible said man was created a little lower than the angels. But because of the redemption by the blood, we're a new species, and that places us higher than the angels. Because now we're the redeemed of the Lord. We're the redeemed of the Lord by the blood of the Lamb. And the angels, uh, uh, the, it, the angels can't sing that song of redemption. They can't sing our song of redemption. Because they, they're not redeemed like we are. But they're not to be sought after by man. We've learned this. And if you get caught up in seeking experiences and not seeking the Lord, guess what? You're going to... Your experience could not be biblical. <laughs> if you just seek in experiences, you may end up with a bad experience that may not be biblical and line up with the Word of God. So we, I don't, you know, I, I don't have to seek an experience with angels because I know, according to the Word, they're with us. They're with me. And God, uh, He doesn't want you to fast and pray for an angelic visitation. <laughs> I, I, literally, I, I've, I've been in a lot of different places, and there's some weird places out there. Amen. And I mean, I, I was in this one place, and they literally had several nights where they fasted and prayed for angelic visitations to come. Oh, glory to God. I tell you what, I want a visitation of the Holy Ghost. Angels, angels are our aides and our helpers, and they will do some mighty things. We're going to find out some things that they'll do for us. But listen, the angels are, are, are good. Amen? We should not get caught up in desiring the manifestations and allow it to take the place of the Holy Ghost. Angels do not take the place of the Holy Ghost. Amen? The angels don't take the place of the Holy Spirit. Jesus emphasized the Holy Ghost. He said the Spirit of truth is going to come. He's going to guide you and lead you into all truth. It's not angels that lead us into the truth. It's the Holy Spirit that leads us into the truths of God and what God wants us to have. So we, we don't, we, nothing, the angels and the manifestation desiring that don't allow it to take the place of the Holy Ghost. Talking to you and guiding you in your everyday life. Amen. The Holy Ghost is real. You, you don't see the Holy Spirit. I believe He could manifest Himself because He's part of the triune being. It was the Spirit. It was, it was the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And I believe He could manifest Himself. And I, I think we've seen manifestations of the Spirit of God in many instances. And there's been a flame of fire. There's been uh, uh, a wind that blew through. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all have heard of these things. Uh, that, that's happened in, in, in services as the power of God moved. And I want to tell you, the, the Holy Ghost is our source of power. Angels are not our source of power. God, by the Holy Ghost, is our source of power. 
that he said you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. He didn't say you'd receive power after you had a visit from an angel. I've heard testimonies, and, and, and I'm not going to call names or anything like that, but I've heard testimonies of preachers that said, the angel of God came and touched my hands, and I'm anointed to lay hands on the sick. That's a lie. Angels don't anoint you for that purpose. The Holy Ghost anoints you for that purpose. Jesus said, the Holy Ghost is going to come up on you, and you're going to lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Cast out devils, because you've got the power of the Holy Ghost in your life. It's the Holy Spirit. And some of you may, some people listen may think, well, boy, he just, he's just really putting down angels. No, no, no. You, you just hang on here for just a minute. We're going to get in some good stuff here in a minute. Amen. Angels are real. Angels minister for us. They're to do service. They're actually to do service for us as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, as part of the family of God. They're, uh, what do angels do for us today? They protect you. They deliver you. And you've all got testimonies. Every one of us probably have a testimony. Where you might not have seen the physical manifestation of that angel, but you saw the manifestation of what that angel did for you. Vict- protection. And doing some supernatural things. But they bring messages from God to us. Angels can bring a message from God to you. The angel of the Lord came and uh, spoke to Paul, the apostle. The angel of the Lord came down to many of the disciples. Remember uh, Philip when he was uh, out there and, and uh, uh, the, the, the angel of the Lord told him to go stand out there on the road because there was a, a eunuch going to come by and pick him up. And he, that angel of the Lord gave him that message. So angels are important. They will, they will, they will, uh, they'll give us messages today, and they will escort saints to heaven. <laughs> Glory to God! Amen. I said, praise God! I, I, J.C. Hibbard. Do y'all remember J.C. Hibbard? J.C. Hibbard. He was a mighty preacher. So was Nell Hibbard. His wife was a great minister of the gospel, also. I remember as a kid listening to them on radio. A kid, you know, 12, 13, young teenager, you know, listening to them. And, you know, he built the first round church with no support in it whatsoever. That was before the Astrodome was built, by the way. (laughs) And he built the first big round church where it was round with no support in it. And you know how he got it? God gave him the blueprints. God spoke to him and showed him what to do and how to do it. And they used that same blueprint when when the Astrodome was getting ready to be built, they even they even borrowed those from him. His was a smaller version of the Astrodome, but they borrowed it, and they were able to get some ideas on what they needed to do. And the Astrodome, well, you know the story of the Astrodome. It was a great, uh, well, called the eighth wonder of the world there for a while. But uh, the Astrodome is no longer. It's it's a little dwarf now compared to all the other big things they built around it. You know, but uh, but anyway, I, I tell you. They, they bring messages from God to us. And they escort saints to heaven. I was telling you about Brother Hibbard, because when he died and went to heaven, he was bedfast. He was weak in his body. He was up in years, quite a bit up in years. It was time for him to go. And you know what? They were in there just talking to him, and then they went outside, and all of a sudden they heard these chariot wheels like a chariot, you know, like a chariot rumbling. 
and they heard horses making the horse sounds. And, uh, and they opened that door, and when they opened the door, the power of God knocked them all backwards like a mighty wind. And Brother Hibbard, who was weak in his body, was sitting straight up in his bed with his hands outstretched and said, they're here for me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And the angels escorted him right on in. Now, they didn't take his body, but they took his spirit right into the presence of God. Hallelujah. Woo. Glory to God. God's not respect their persons. I tell you what, I've, I've heard of people that's not known. When I say not known, you're known. Every one of us are known to somebody that we've been a blessing to. But I'm talking about known in the realm of, of popularity where everybody knows who you are and everything like that. But I've, I've heard of, of, of people going on. My wife's grandmother, when she was ready to go, she, 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 she sat up in bed and she said, Oh my, the angels are here. <laughs> And she said, and she began to describe people that had died and went on before her. And there was a, like a thin, like a, a real thin, silky sheet. That's one of the ways she, she could describe it at that moment. And she saw this silky sheet. And, and behind the sheet or behind that material was images. And there was people. And she began to name them off. One of those Brother J.W. May, a precious friend of mine, his, uh, his daughter was found dead in the garage uh, in a car uh, with the fumes going. And for years, you know, he, he didn't believe that she killed herself. He didn't believe that. He believed there was foul play involved with some relatives. And uh, they, they just never did prove it, you know. But one of the ones that was there was Bonnie. And she saw Bonnie. With others that had gone on to be with the Lord. She began to name them off. And I mean, you know, Brother May, he's still alive at this time. And he, he was tears in his eyes. He said, I knew, I knew my daughter was with the Lord. Hallelujah. So listen, God will even give us assurance. But God, God manifests himself. Amen. Now look at Psalms 868 verse, uh, verse 17. The chariots of God are 20,000, even thousands of thousands. And the Lord is among them in Sinai in the holy place. Now, he's talking about the chariots of God. And there are 20,000, even thousands of thousands. Now, that's in the spirit realm. That's the angels of God that he's talking about. They're the angels of the Lord. Psalms, uh, Psalms 91, verse 1, Bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all you His host, ministers of His, who do His pleasure. Glory to God. But He said, bless the Lord, you His angels. Angels are mentioned oft times in the, in the Bible, in Psalms, and throughout the Word, the angels of God. Now look what it said in Psalms 91, or Psalms 103, verse 20 and 21. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty in that secret place of the Lord. Psalms 91 and 1, for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Oh, glory to... i tell you what, David saw a lot of things in the spirit realm. And he wrote a lot of things as he wrote these psalms for us. But angels are ours. Praise God. I'm just... I want to encourage you tonight. We're not alone. 
The church is not by itself. And I'm not talking about just faith assembly. I'm talking about the church, the church of the living God in the whole world. God still is on our side. And I take, we can take that scripture. If God be for us, who can stand against us? Hallelujah. Because God is with us. Now, angels protect and deliver. Remember when Elisha and his servant were surrounded by the enemy? Over in 2 Kings 6, verses 14 through 17, uh, the, the, the Bible said that he sent his horses and chariots and a great army there, and they came by night and surrounded the city. This, this is the, this is, <laughs> and when the servant of the man of God rose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots, and his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? What shall we do? I want to tell you something. And I, I want to encourage preachers that's maybe tuning in, listening to me tonight. Don't put fear in your people. Are y'all glad I don't minister fear? I'm going to minister faith to encourage us because we're somebody in Christ. But look, we need to understand that the angels of God are surrounding us. And the man of God went out and there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots and servants said, Alas, what are we going to do? And he answered, Do not fear. Hey, I'm sure. You know, that's what we need to tell some of these folks out here in 2020. (laughs) Do not fear. Keep the faith. It ain't over till it's over. Glory to God. We we need to be bold in our stand. And I'll tell you what, when you're bold in your confession and stand with the Lord, did you know what? Those angels are listening. They're hearing And they're going to say, hey, is it time to go do something for Brother Clarence Dalrymple? Or Brother L.H. Kruger? Or Brother Wayman Hass? Sister Frances Carter? Brother Brady? I mean, you know, the angels of God are there for us, ready to do something for us. Can you say amen? But look what Elisha did. He answered, do not fear for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Amen. If I could just open all of our brains and just stash that one word down in there. There's more with us than they that's with them. <laughs> Fear not. Fear not. Praise God. And, and Elisha prayed and then he said, Lord, open his eyes that he might see. I want to tell you what, we need some eyes. I'm not talking about physical eyes. I'm talking about the spiritual eyes of individuals need to have their eyes opened so they can see beyond this natural realm. If we're going to survive, we've got to see beyond this natural realm. We've got to look beyond the natural circumstances and the natural things that are here. And listen, it's going to get worse before it gets better. And it may get worse and worse before we get out of here. But regardless, God's word is still truth. And in the middle of chaos, God's angels are still on assignment for us. And they're with us. Can you say amen? Amen. He said, open his eyes that he can see. And then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around them. Hallelujah. Listen, they were there all the time. I said, they were there all the time. When we get in our car, the angels are there all the time. 
When you go to sleep at night, the angels are there all the time. They're, they're, they're continually. Angels don't have to sleep, by the way. Isn't that good? And out of all the trillions and trillions of angels, somebody, I'll let the mathematicians figure this out, you know. But this was back when there were five billion people in the earth. This is when I first heard this. Five billion people. Now then, there's a lot. How, how many billions of people is it now? Is it like nine or ten billion or eleven billion? It's probably doubled to that and maybe almost tripled that as far as billions of people in this earth. Because uh, I'm telling you, there's a lot of countries don't have no birth control whatsoever. <laughs> and a lot of the countries that are having uh, the births are those that are anti-God. <laughs> But the thing is, but, but you figure up, there were 5 billion people in the earth back in the 70s or whenever this was, late 70s. And he said, if, if every human being had angels, they would have 20,000 angels each. That's a lot of angels. Remember, there's trillions of angels. Amen. That would be for everybody. Now, if everybody wasn't saved, and only half of the world was saved, that means we would have 40,000 angels apiece. Hallelujah. I used to tell this about people when I was preaching. I said, well, my wife and I and Stacy, we got 120,000 angels garrisoned around us all the time. Glory to God. Of course, some of them kind of looked at me and scratched their heads. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but, you know, the thing is, it doesn't matter because the Word's still the Word. I, I, you know, they're there for you. We've got to believe what God's Word declares. Can you say amen? But don't be afraid. The living Bible in this Scripture says, don't be afraid. Our army's bigger than theirs. <laughs> God's army's bigger than the devil's army. God's army is bigger than all of the anti-God armies in this entire world. God's army is bigger. Glory to God. Woo! Praise God. Well, Paul was with the crew of men on, the, on, on his way to Rome. Remember, they was, they was in a boat and the storm came up. That, like a hurricane or whatever came up out there on the, on the waters and it was about to destroy them. But he stood up and he said, there stood by me this night an angel of God. In the middle of that storm, in the middle of the waves tossing, and God said, don't be afraid. You must be brought before Caesar, and indeed God has granted you all those who are sailing with you, all the men that was in that boat with him, and therefore take heart, men, for I believe God. Paul used that word a lot, I believe God. That it will be just as it was told me. Stay with the boat. Stay with the boat. Well, the storm came, and that little boat was just tossed to and fro, and it was breaking apart. And Paul said, stay with the boat. Stay with the boat. And then all of a sudden, it broke apart, and they had planks that they were holding on to. And they floated up to the island on those planks, but they stayed with the boat. And when they got on the island, God sent a revival. <laughs> Paul's hand was by the fire, and a viper took hold of it. He just shook it off in the fire. 
And it would have amazed all of those people on the island. They even got their king and the whole island had a revival. People were converted and saved. Praise God. Listen, God will take something bad and make something good come out of it. And this coronavirus thing, God's going to bring something good out of it. Hallelujah. All the fear and doubt and unbelief that the devil's trying to throw our ways, God's going to bring something good out of it. Praise God. We're going to make it. Can you say, everybody say, I'm going to make it. Just shout, I'm going to make it. <laughs> I'm going to stay with the boat. Hallelujah. I had a missionary friend of mine I met. Actually, he was from one of the communist countries that he was a missionary in. And uh, he, he actually had to keep his identity um, secret. Uh, I took his picture, you know, at a conference I was at. And he, they come got my camera and they said, oh, no, nope, can't have that. Because we cannot let these pictures out anywhere. Because they had vowed to kill this man. He was from a communist country. A very renowned communist country, and, and uh, God was using him in a great way. But he was on, a, on an airplane flying somewhere. And this airplane was on its way as a commercial airline, and he was going to a ministry destination. An announcement came over the intercom stating the landing gears were locked up <laughs> as they were beginning to land. Well, the passengers, you know, naturally, they were not... They were told to prepare for a crash landing, and they were getting all in a dither. You know, I'll be honest. I mean, if I was on a plane like that and I got that message, I might have a tendency to get in a dither, you know. But I hope that my faith would kick in, and I'd be able to be strong and bold in the Lord. Amen? But the missionary... In the midst of all the chaos, and I mean, the plane was going down. It was not going to be able to have the gears unlocked, and it was coming right on the landing. They're going to have to make a belly landing or whatever they're going to have to do. And he just stood up in the middle of the plane and said, Landing gears, come down in the name of Jesus. About that time, they started hearing the screeching of the tires, and they hit the pavement, and they come to the destination of the, of the uh, uh, terminal. And I mean... Believe me, there was a lot of people on that plane that got saved that day. He, he had a built-in congregation. But I'll tell you, there's something about when you see the hand of God move. But how did that happen? Huh? I, I mean, I believe there was some angels that kind of got up under there and just kind of pulled it down. Hallelujah. Somebody said, well, you don't know that. Well, you don't either. <laughs> But angels are real. Can you say amen? I, 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 have you ever read Billy Graham's book on angels? Yeah, if you haven't, you need to get it. it. You can get it in a small paperback now, but it's a hardback also. But it's one of the best book on angels that I've ever read. And he, he's, he doesn't get way out in left field with anything, you know. It's, it's Bible. It's scriptural. But he gave uh, uh, a story in there. His father-in-law, Dr. Bell, was a missionary to China. That was Ruth Graham. Her name is Ruth Graham Bell or Ruth Bell Graham or however they do it now. But anyway, that was her dad. And during the time that the Red Army was taking over China, that was when the Red Chinese were coming in and taking over the communists. And one man had a bookstore. And the Red Chinese Army was coming into the bookstore to take it over. And they had already ransacked several other stores in that vicinity. The Chinese army had. 
on that same road. And they, they drove up and just lingered outside, not coming in. They were there in front of the store, but they weren't coming in. And it was discovered later that the reason for them not coming in was because of a tall gentleman that was inside that store. He had a kind look on his face is the way they described it. And he walked in before them, and he didn't ask the owner anything about his business, but just stood and just kind of meandered around, you know. He just kind of walked around. And the man hung around for about two hours. The Red Army soldiers finally got tired. They got in their jeeps, and they took off. (laughs) And the gentleman just turned around and said, Good day, and walked out of the store and disappeared. Now, Billy Graham said he was definitely an angel on assignment. (laughs) I believe that. I want to tell you. And you know what? You've had angelic experiences that you're not even aware of. God's no respecter of persons. We all have angels encamped around about us tonight. Every one of us. Corey Tim Boom. You'll remember Corey Tim Boom? And her escapade that she had with the Nazi army and all of this. And and, uh, they had the little room that they hid uh, the, the Jews in and were able to get them uh, to liberty, some of them. And, but she ended up getting arrested. Her and her sister, Betsy. And they were put in a German concentration camp. And she had a Bible with her that was forbidden by the Nazis. She had a Bible. There they stripped them and put them in showers. She had put the Bible in some other things. And the soldiers didn't find it. And, uh, and she put them in the corner where there were some cockroaches. You know, if I was a soldier, I probably wouldn't want to go, ming- you know, mingling in the cockroach area either, you know. But uh, they, they, they were to be searched by the guards. But, and and her, her books were stuffed under her dress. <laughs> and the dress buzzed out, and it was evident she was hiding something. Well, she had a Bible in there is what it was. There's no way in the natural that the Bible could not be seen bulging out. Now, you know something? God will blind the eyes of the enemy. And someone in front of her was trying to get past the guard, but it was discovered that she was hiding something, and it was confiscated. And Corey Tim Boom just prayed and said, Lord, this other lady in front of her had some stuff been confiscated. And Corey Tim Boom just prayed and said, Lord, shut their eyes, put a shield around me so the guards can't see my Bible. <laughs> And the angels of the Lord protected her, and the guards did not see anything. And she made it through. Yeah. Corey and Boom actually came out of that camp. Now, Betsy died in the camp, her sister. But Corey and Boom came out, and she began to share all over the world her testimonies and, 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 and the Word of God with people. But God, the angels, protected her. Listen, we've we got to get this down in our hearts in the 21st century that we're living in today. We're not alone, and we're not fighting the battles alone. God's got a, he's got you, an army around you, surrounding you, and uh, I'll tell you what, they're more powerful than anything. Amen? Amen. And we've all had experiences. You, you've all had your experiences. I, I, I've given this one, but I came up to a railroad crossing that I had to cross every day to go to the church where I was associate pastor back right after I got out of Bible college. And, and uh, uh, the, I didn't see the train coming, but he was coming. It was coming fast. And all of a sudden, I was on the other side of the track, and all, all I could see was I don't know how many cars had went by, 
you know, a lot of cars had already went by, but I was on the other side of the track. And believe me, I was trembling and shaking because only one way for me to get through that was an angel of God to take my car and put it over there. Amen? I believe, I believe that. I believe that that is the way it was. Now, some of you have had other incidents too. And I know it's far-fetched and you don't think people believe you. But it don't matter. You know, you just keep believing God because you may have to have another experience one day. Hallelujah. And let God do it. And Brother Rogers, uh, uh, another friend of mine, Brother Rogers, his son, he got haywire and went, went backslid. And, and uh, he was in uh, uh, Rogers, Arkansas, I believe is where it was, or Bentonville, Arkansas. One of, I think Rogers. I think there's a place called Rogers, Arkansas. That's where they lived. And uh, anyway, his son got caught up in witchcraft. And people into devil worship. And all of these things. And he was out in a big field one night where they were going to use him as a human sacrifice to Beelzebub or the devil. You know, whatever they were going to do. And they were getting ready to strap him down. And I'll tell you something. This young man, something got in his heart. And the Lord says, I'll save you if you'll follow me. And that young man jumped off of that before they strapped him down. And he started running lickety-split through the woods. He didn't know where he was going. Now, this was at midnight. It was dark. He, he was just going lickety-split through the woods. Didn't know which direction to go. He could hear their pickup trucks coming and swerving and their lights shining. And, and, uh, but then all of a sudden, he didn't know which way to go. And an angel of God would show up. And be right in front of him and say, this way. And he'd follow it. Then he'd get to another place and the angel would say, this way. And I mean, all through the night, he was doing this. And just going this way and that way. And the trucks never did find him. And see, He just finally got at the edge of town and he ran. It was about four in the morning. And he ran and he ran. And he got to the front door of his house. And he could hear his mom and daddy. Because in the woods, he heard them praying in, Holy, in the Holy Ghost. He heard them praying in tongues. And he got to the door and he walked in and his mom and dad were on their knees at their bedside praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost. And when he come running through that door, they jumped up and ran over there and grabbed him and hugged him and said, Thank God, God's protected you. Needless to say, that young man got saved. Filled with the Holy Ghost, called to preach. And he even pastored that church where his dad, after they, they, they left or went on to be with the Lord, he pastored that church for a while. And, but you know, God is so good. Listen, we need, to, we need to get a hold of this that angels are real. Angels are real. Can you say amen? I had a spiritual mother. Her name was Sister Mabel Fuller in Temple, Texas. Sister Fuller was a woman of God. I'll tell you what, she could out-preach and I don't say this in a bad way, but she could out-preach any man preacher there was. And, but she had knowledge, revelation knowledge. God moved in her life. God spoke to her. God manifested himself to her. She had many angelic appearances to come to her. And she was given a story one time where, and she was a precious saint of God and a good mother. And... She had much opposition when she first got saved, and she had to work. She had to work at night, and she had to work all night long, leave her kids 
uh, in the house by themselves. They were small kids at that time. But she had to leave them there while she went to work. And she just prayed, God, just protect them and take care of them. Just protect them and take care of them. And one morning, she come home. And as she was coming up, the sun was just beginning to come up a little bit. And, and there was a man sitting on her front porch in a big chair. And a very well clean cut man, very clean, dressed, not shabby, but good, you know. And he was sitting there and she come up and he said, well, I'm glad you made it home. He said, your children are fine. And little did she write, after that, several nights after that, when she had to work, she saw him do this. Now, somebody said, was that an angel? I would have to say yes. Because she didn't broadcast, she left her kids at home by themselves. <laughs> That's something you don't, you don't want to do either. But she did it because she had to. But God took care of her and took care of those children. Thank God for the power of the Lord. Can you say amen? Oh, there have been accounts in the eastern states. Where on the road uh, and in Utah and Nevada where angels were t- stopping people and telling them of the coming of the Lord. They were hitchhikers, you know. And they'd get in the car and they'd tell them about Jesus coming soon. Then they'd look back and those people, be, the, the ones telling the story, they'd be gone. Uh, because they were angels. Yeah. And this, this went around. I mean, this hit the news in those areas and around. And the trooper, uh, one man stopped at a convenience store and reported it to a state trooper. And the state trooper said there had been numerous reports about this happening all the time. <laughs> hey, listen. Angels are real. I said angels are real. Angels are watching our lives. Amen. We're surrounded with so great a cloud of witnesses. The Bible said in Hebrews 12 and 1, the crowd, great cloud of witnesses that we're surrounded with. So let's lay aside every weight and sin that so easily besets us. And let's walk uh, pleasing to the Lord and endure the race. Amen. But one final thing, and I'm going to quit, I promise. Angels and death. See, there's one thin veil that separates the natural world from the spiritual world. Just a natural, just a thin veil. And that veil is called death or separation. That's thin veil. But I'll tell you what, you know, I've always heard it say when, when you say goodbye here, it's good morning. Good night here, it's good morning there. <laughs> and so, the, but Jesus did away with the threat of the evil fallen angels by defeating death and hell. And we have victory in Jesus Christ. Amen. And uh, listen, Christians at death, I believe there's angels that are ready to escort us into the presence of God. I believe that. I believe that. Somebody said, well, how do you know it's going to happen? Well, I, I'm, not, I'm not rushing anything. But, uh, <laughs> but I know that I've heard testimonies of people that's left, and great men and women of God, and they had had angels that were there to escort them into the presence of God. Listen, it's real. Lazarus had angels to escort him to heaven. Lazarus. Amen. Remember the, the certain rich man and Lazarus? Uh, the poor Lazarus, he was there, and the rich man ended up in hell. Lazarus ended up in heaven. Praise God. Because God has got his eye upon us. Praise God. Of course, the rich man, you know, he tried to make a deal. He said, just send him back to my brother so that they'll know. They'll believe somebody come back from the dead. And they said, well, if he, won't believe nothing, if he don't believe somebody that's there that's alive, they're not going to believe anybody come back from the dead either. Amen? Because, listen, God is real. Can you say Amen. Oh, glory to God. D.L. Moody died. 
in his book, page 149 of, of, of Angels, of, of, of Billy Graham's book, uh, he died and revived before he went again to be with the Lord the same day. D.L. Moody, he was a great minister of the Lord. And he died. And that same day, he was revived. He went on to be with the Lord that same day. He saw the glory of God and the splendor of heaven in that short time as he left his body. And he revived. He had already, he had already left. And he came back. And then, uh, they, uh, he saw through that thin veil. He saw the angels were waiting on him to escort him into heaven. And he came back to life for just a short period. Possibly people were praying him back. How many's ever, I believe there's been people prayed back, Sister Carter. They have been prayed back into this earth. But you know what? If you, if you could, if they could talk to you, shut up. Let me go. <laughs> it's better where I'm going. I'm going to heaven. But look what Neil Moody said this to them. He told those around him to let him go the next time. <laughs> Don't weep for me. Don't worry about me. When D.O. Moody's gone, I'll just begin to live. Hallelujah. So I want to tell you something. God is on our side. David said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. We don't have to fear the evil because of the angels of God. And we, not, we may not always be aware of the presence of the Holy Spirit and even the angels around us sometimes. But by faith, we know that they're there. By faith. By faith. How many knows God wants you to walk by faith and not by sight? Walk by faith and not by your feelings? Heaven is real. Angels are real. And their ministry, their ministry is the minister for us today. And they're real. I tell you what, they're, they're here with us. When you get in the car, they're with you. When you go home, they're with you. Glory to God. Woo! Praise God. I don't know about you, but I gotta stop. Oh, glory to God. <laughs> God is so good, isn't He? Amen. How, how many is happy tonight? Y'all get anything out of that at all? Praise God. Angels are real. Heaven is real. Oh, heaven, supernal. Heaven, eternal. Oh, what joy it brings. Heaven supernal, heaven eternal. I'm so glad that it's real. Send your feet, sing it with me. Heaven eternal, heaven supernal. I'm Heaven eternal, heaven supernal, oh, what joy is mine. Well, lift your hands and just thank God tonight. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you and we praise you, Lord, that your word is truth. God, let the revelation of your angelic beings just come alive in our hearts and let us realize we're not alone in this world. But the angels of God are encamped around about us, and we thank you for it. We just give you praise, and we give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God bless you. See you all Sunday morning. We're going to have communion Sunday morning. 
All right. Praise God. Amen.